This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Hello and welcome to the Maddox Privacy Awareness Week podcast, where we'll be talking about all things privacy to celebrate Privacy Awareness Week. This year's theme is Make Privacy a Priority, and we'll be discussing leading cases, changing regulatory expectations, and the real challenges in this evolving space. My hope is that you'll be inspired to action just one thing, to make privacy a priority at your workplace or even in your personal life. My name is Sonia Sharma. I'm a partner in the TMT team here in Sydney, and you might have seen my articles on cybersecurity, data protection and privacy. I do tend to write a lot. Um, Privacy is a big part of my practice, and I absolutely love it. Joining me today on the podcast is the incredible Catherine Armitage, who's a partner in our public law team in Canberra. Catherine provides privacy services for Australian government clients and has worked on what I think are some of the leading privacy projects over the last 12 months. Harriet Royal is a senior associate in my team here in Sydney with a very strong focus on New South Wales government state clients. She's currently on secondment at Service New South Wales. Harriet and Catherine, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having us, Sonia. We're absolutely delighted to be here. Thanks for having me, Sonia. Thrilled to be here. Oh, awesome. Um, Now, Catherine, I might just start with you. And to be honest, it's so difficult to know where to start, given the huge (laughs) projects that you've been working on, the privacy impact assessment for the COVID Safe app and now the vaccine rollout. But I might just start with a big picture question. And I really wanted to understand from you, what impact do you think COVID has had on the Commonwealth sector when it comes to sort of putting privacy in the spotlight? So I think in the world of privacy, COVID's probably had the same impact that it's had on every aspect of our lives. And then that is to really heighten and enhance our awareness of things. So I think people were already pretty concerned about the government holding um, information about themselves um, and about their family members. But I think COVID has really um, exacerbated that concern. So, And I think that's showing in some of the research that's um, just coming out now in that people are really, privacy really is becoming top of mind um, for every new thing that the government is doing. And so that's, I think that's a fantastic um, eventuation really, but it really, it really is putting privacy in the spotlight because people are caring more about what's happening and they're actually taking the time to find out and understand what's being done with their personal data. Yeah, it's, it's really been interesting to see some of those issues, you know, play out in the media and for, um, for people to be taking a genuine concern and interest in, in, that, in the space and what, you know, what the government is actually doing with their personal information. Um, and Absolutely. It, and it sort of, yeah, it sort of feels like there's been a bit of an acceleration in terms of making privacy a priority. Obviously, the government was, it is a priority, but it may have potentially accelerated putting it on top of the list. Yeah, and that's, I think it's moved it up the list. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yes. it was always a yeah. concern, but it may have been something that was a bit further down the list of 
what what um, our, our leaders and our um, policy implementers had to think about. It's really now right up the top of that list, um, which is really important and great to see. Yeah, that, that's really that is interesting. And and Harriet, your focus really is the um, New South Wales state government. Has your experience been similar to that? of um, what Catherine has just described there with the Commonwealth Government or, or has it been different? Did you feel like COVID accelerated the focus on privacy for the New South Wales State Government? Look, absolutely. I think privacy has been, you know, a central concern for the New South Wales Government for a long time. And anyone who is a citizen of New South Wales will know that a central part of the New South Wales government's response to COVID was um, the utilisation of the My Service New South Wales app uh, to actually assist citizens to check in to venues um, so that the New South Wales government can collect that check-in information that can then be used by New South Wales Health for contact tracing. Um, and for that, the uptake by the public was essential. If if people weren't using the app to check in, then essentially that critical function, you know, wouldn't have been fulfilled. That COVID was a great example of, you know, the privacy-aware approach that's being taken by the government. It was, it was for me as a consumer, it was really interesting to see the Service New South Wales um, QR code app develop uh Mm. i I quickly downloaded it and i was being the extrovert that i am i was very keen to get out and about and um go to cafes and and, and restaurants in a covid safe way of course yes yes. but one of the frustrations i had initially with two young kids was adding in the dependents manually and then as a, a few weeks later the option to to have my dependents um there and to check and to sort of tick boxes to check them in Mm. I was um it was really interesting to see the app evolve and develop and one of the most interesting parts of that app being being born um and that you know people I suppose it's useful for people to be aware of was one of the reasons the New South Wales government thought you know why don't we adapt the app to be used in this manner was the concern from the government that because of the contact tracing requirements and the fact that you know pubs um, restaurants and cafes in New South New South Wales were collecting this check-in information um there was a concern that too much personal information was being collected by these, you know, restaurants, pubs and cafes. And and I'm sure this was the same at the Commonwealth level. Catherine, you know, we saw these third-party QR code providers turn up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and as a consumer, you'd attend a venue and you'd be checking in um, using, you know, you'd be redirected to a third-party website, asked to give your contact information and all of a sudden you're getting emails from all of these, you know, third parties that you weren't aware of. And so, you know, the New South Wales government and the Commonwealth government with its app as well focus on how can we make sure that our citizens are being protected. Yeah, it was interesting, all of those third-party apps where you would just sign in and all of a sudden, exactly, like you're Mm. getting spammed with all this marketing material. Mm. It was was a really interesting response. Um, Catherine, the... Commonwealth regime is is actually quite unique in that the Privacy Act mandates that governments undertake a privacy impact assessment for certain serious projects. 
and the vaccine rollout is so topical. Just taking a step back, what do you think, the, you know, the main purpose or, or advantages are of a PIA? And what was some of your key findings from conducting the vaccine rollout PIA? Yeah, so you're absolutely right, Sonia. If if a project, which is, you know, quite a broad concept, um, involves a high privacy risk, um, then a, a Commonwealth agency is required to undertake a, a privacy impact assessment. And um, a high privacy risk is um, sort of defined in a way that as soon as you are conducting anything that handles personal information in any way, really you need to do your threshold assessment at that point and that will then determine whether or not you really need a privacy impact assessment. So for the, um, for the projects we've been involved in, and, and as you say, the rollout is um, one of those, it was really exciting to be involved in these projects um, involved with a really um, with with the broad range of Commonwealth agencies because it wasn't just one agency that was involved uh, and show that how they were really taking a privacy by design approach very early on in the project so privacy was being considered right at the design stage about what information do we actually need what are we going to do with that information and you know how long are we going to store it how are we going to store it what are the security implications that need to be um, in, implemented and how are we going to make sure that we're being really open and transparent and that's one of the really big advantages of doing a, a privacy impact assessment if, if it's published particularly is that stakeholders from the, the highest levels of government right down to ordinary citizens can really find out and clearly see how their information is being used, what's being done with it, who's got access to it um, and it really does help to engender that sense of trust because you're being completely open and, tra and transparent about what's being done with that data. And, and that is just probably one of the biggest benefits of doing a privacy impact assessment, besides the, the nice, you know, side effect of making sure that you're complying with the actual law. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Catherine, I have been dying to ask this question. Even though I do a lot of work in the private sector, you're I'm a bit scared. scared. I am. I'm scared about what you're okay. going to ask. <laughs> My question is: What is it like to have your PIA publicly published for the whole world to see in the spotlight on in the media, and so open to scrutiny? Oh, it's it's What's it like? honestly, it's the biggest thrill. We absolutely just get such a buzz out of seeing. Um, things that we work on and it's pretty intense work. Usually these projects are pretty urgent. Um, they're pretty intense. There's a lot of stakeholder consultation with, you know, a lot of different bodies and organisations. And then to see it in, in the spotlight in the media and, you know, to get, um, you know, we've had pretty good feedback, which is just amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it just, it's, there's nothing, I can't describe it. There's nothing like it. There's nothing better than seeing your work out there. I, I have been I have been trying to convince my private sector clients, Catherine, because I do think for some of these <laughs> for some of these big projects that they work on, and it's consistent. It's actually consistent with OAIC guidance that to consider making it publicly available. Um, and so, look, I have recommended it to some of my private sector clients for bigger projects to consider publishing uh, their a PIA. Uh, I haven't got there yet. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully after this podcast. Um, maybe they will. Look, <laughs> maybe they will. Yeah, look, I think 
it's really important because it also it tells people that you take privacy seriously and you're listening, particularly if you're able to say, if, the, if you're a company and you're able to say in your response to the recommendations, we've heard this and, yeah. and yes, we're doing what you said. We're, you know, we've done, mm. we've implemented all of the recommendations. There's, from a consumer perspective, that's going to make me trust you a lot more than it would for somebody who you don't know. This is what I've been saying. There's an opportunity <laughs> to get that consumer engagement to really listen. And how, what a great story to say. Like we, yeah. we spoke to our consumers or we spoke to our key stakeholders and we, we listened and we might, we might not have implemented all of their thoughts or recommendations, but we considered them and this is how we've responded. So private sector clients... This is, this is, I want to see some PIAs published, but we're going to turn to another topic, which is very close to my heart, um, which is data breaches. And Harriet, now you were at Service New South Wales, um, which has sort of been subject to a very significant data breach that has been in the news over the last few months. And I was just wondering if you could give a feel for what is it like to be working in an organisation when such an event occurs? Because I, I guess I want to convey to our audience what that moment and dealing with the breach might mm. feel like. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as you can imagine, the data breach had a profound impact on Service New South Wales, particularly in a year where, um, you know, Service New South Wales is the New South Wales government's um, base to the citizens of New South Wales. It's the, it's the main touch point. Um, between the government and citizens. And so, you know, having the data breach occur was also responding to the bushfires and then COVID, um, you know, was was pretty massive. Um, and as an internal observer, just the resources and the time that needed to be um, committed to responding to the breach, which, of course, you know, as it should have been, um, but it was just another reminder of the importance of just being privacy aware. And Catherine's already mentioned privacy by design. And I think, you know, we all have to remember that at the end of the day, it's not necessarily enough to conduct a PIA and then put it in the drawer and forget about it. We need to be, you know, continually thinking about, you know, what are we collecting? What are we doing with it? How long are we storing it for? Do we really need to store it for as long as we are? And just being a bit proactive to make sure that, you know, if there's a breach, um, the harm is at least minimised. Because we all know data breaches are, you know, they're a reality. They're a part of modern life. Um, if there's someone smart enough to, um, you know, put together a um, antivirus software, there is someone smart enough to undo it. I, and I think it, it, you mean I think that's such a good point, Harriet. Data breaches happen to even the most prepared organisations. They are a reality of, mm. of life. A, mm. And that situation you described of it as an organisation taking up that time and focus, they really are those it really is a crisis event and there's a big crisis phase that you go through when you're managing a data breach. I do do think the thing that I found really interesting as well is reading the Auditor General's report and recommendations um, following the Service New South Wales breach. I I think it's essential reading for anyone who's interested in privacy. 
the topic of conducting PIAs, um, privacy impact assessments, comes up in that. And I mm-hmm. think that's a big theme that I'm seeing from this podcast discussion is just how important mm. they are. Yeah. But, but the other thing that I really, or the other nugget that I um, really took from that report as well, was email is not a secure form of transmission or storage for things mm. like ID documents. No. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's all well and good to sort of have a, a you know, fantastic you know, PIA or, you know, if you're a New South Wales government agency, they're legally required to have what's called a privacy management plan. Um, And it's all well and good to have that plan in place. But, you know, there does have to be that focus on staff training and awareness of what you're what you are sending and receiving via email and and really the the thought process of is this the best way for me to be um, collecting, handling. The education piece is is really so important and, and that's mm-hmm. sort of a helpful segue, I think, into um, Privacy Awareness Week. Um, Catherine, Privacy Awareness Week, the theme is make privacy a priority and a big focus of that for the OAIC is sort of educating people during Privacy Awareness Week. And they're really focusing, um, the OAIC is focusing on the theme of oversharing. Is oversharing something that you think governments are, you know, actively thinking about? And what can organisations sort of practically do to, I guess, mitigate or reduce the risks of oversharing personal information? Yeah. So um, to take the first question about do do I actually think oversharing in, the, in particularly the Commonwealth sphere is is a problem uh, no I actually think <laughs> that the, the the there's a real risk aversion um, to sharing in the Commonwealth space um, and rightly so because um, of the various sort of myriad of privacy uh, sorry of secrecy provisions that are are in place in relation to much of the data that's held by Commonwealth governments. There's been a, um, a, a reluctance to share information except in very limited circumstances. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. But in terms of um, what you've been talking about in terms of what can we actually do, I think part of it is also the mindset. So I often tell my clients in both government but also in private sector clients it's first of all, you've got to think about can I share that data? So that's looking about, you know, do I actually have the, the legal rights to share that data and will I be breaching any of the privacy or other laws if I do it? But there's also a second component. So it's not only can I do it, but it should be thinking about should I be doing it? Yeah, would, what, would the, what would the community actually be thinking about me sharing this data? Even if I have the right to do it, should I be doing that, taking that step? And, and that's where the sort of the community expectation comes in. Uh, and I think, I've, Sonia, you've talked about this before, but, you yes. know, are you actually being creepy with the data? Yes, is this a creepy right. deal is or it, is it Is it, it creepy? Okay? Is it creepy? I love it. And I, and I actually talked about this with um, Sean Tempe in his ACCC Watchdog podcast because yes, I cannot yes. repeat the message enough. I think it's a really good test. I think, yes, we absolutely need to look at the legal test, but sometimes you step through the legal test and you can still kind of share the data, but it, would your customers or stakeholders, would they be creeped out about it? I, I, think, it's very imp- <laughs> I think it's very important. And I think that the, the position of the ACCC is 
has made it very clear, and, and Harriet and I have written some articles on this, is that their position is very clear that for, for you know, unexpected secondary uses, that is a clear opt-in um, mm. tick box situation. It, it's quite it's quite interesting. Um, Harriet, just moving to the, the sort of New South Wales uh, state government, what are your thoughts on the theme, make privacy a priority and sort of that focus on oversharing? Interesting that the issue of oversharing is a focus of Privacy Awareness Week because one of the Premier's priorities um, for the New South Wales government is this Government Made Easy initiative. And uh, one of the central tenets of that initiative is Tell Us Once. And the idea behind Tell Us Once is that ultimately the New South Wales government wants to get to a point where a citizen of New South Wales only has to give their personal information to the New South Wales government once and then the government can use that information for a range of purposes all within obviously the remit of government so you know ultimately for the purpose of providing services to the citizen um so an example is you know a license application um but it's quite fascinating because at the moment the new south wales legislation that applies to new south wales government agencies actually doesn't permit the government to really do that um so there's this interesting tension between you know, this initiative of the government to collect less um, so that, you know, the citizen isn't being constantly bombarded with requests to provide personal information um, and the legislative framework that the government is existing in. You're talking about a scenario where basically the community expectation is one thing, but then the legislation might be another thing. And there's a question as to is the legislation being an enabler or a prohibitor of the best the best privacy position? I don't know. It's, it's an interesting yeah. tension. Yeah, it's yeah. a real balancing act, isn't it, between yeah. the two two competing interests? It is, and I think, yeah, it, it's sort of an, an ongoing issue with, I think, legislation and then fast-moving, evolving spaces is, is, is the legislation keeping up with what's mm-hmm. sort of happening mm-hmm. practically? Mm-hmm. It's a really big challenge. Mm. Um Sort of as we move into a bit of a crystal balling, I think, I would really be interested to hear from you both about looking ahead, what is the sort of, I'll get you to pick one issue, one issue that you think is going to make the sort of biggest impact in the privacy landscape in the next, say, 12 months or so. Harriet, I might just quickly throw to you, what, what do you think is going to be? Yeah, yeah. so um, I think the biggest thing, and this is relevant to the Service New South Wales data breach we discussed earlier, so at the moment, um, notification of a data breach is voluntary uh, in New South Wales for government agencies. Um, but interestingly, um, the Department of Justice and Communities um, has been sort of um, putting out the idea that, that the time has, has come for a, a mandatory regime in New South Wales and it looks like that is going to come into place in the next year or so. So that will be really interesting and I think it'll be, you know, beneficial to the citizens of New South Wales but also beneficial to New South Wales government agencies because um, once again it's a reminder to have a think about, you know, what are you doing with personal information? How are you handling it? Do you really need to have it? Um, And Mm. just to to make sure that we are... taking a privacy aware approach and you know mitigating the risk of, of harm 
it, it is interesting and, and going back to Catherine's point about you know what the legislation says but what should you do um mm. for, for for a new south wales um a, a client who was regulated by the new south wales regime we have just done a voluntary notification under that regime because we felt like it was the right thing to do mm, um, mm. and it's strongly it, encouraged yeah yeah, yeah it, by the privacy that it's commissioner not, not that it, despite that it's currently not mandatory Captain, what are your thoughts what's the one big thing uh, well, I mean, it's so hard to uh, pick one thing i'm sorry it is, but I'm gonna make it you is do tricky it. <laughs> i've got two things but i'm going to do the trick of rolling them up into the one big topic which is legislative change so in, in the Commonwealth sphere, obviously, we've got the review of the Privacy Act, um, which is really going to change the landscape. I think it's going to change, oh, well, I'm predicting, again, it's crystal ball, but I'm predicting it's going to change the definition of what actually is personal information. And I think we're going to see a move mm-hmm. more towards the sort of GDPR type, tighter regime than what we've got at the moment, because it's, you know, let's face it, it's a pretty old act. Um, It's been updated as we go along, but this would be a significant change. And sort of in that same um, sort of bucket of legislative change, I'm going to put the Data Availability and Transparency Act because that, I think I mentioned before, about the risk-averse nature of, you know, people being very cautious about sharing data between agencies because you don't want to be in breach of a pretty significant um, privacy and security, um, sorry, secrecy provisions in, in your administrating legislation. Um, so this bill is going to, if it goes through to an act, is going to um, have a process to facilitate that exchange of information. So we will be able to do um, cooler things like, you know, more implementation of that tell us once idea where there's sharing of information is, is permitted for particular surface, particular um, purposes. So that's really going to be a very fun space for us to play in in the next year. There is no, there is is so much change, isn't there? It seems to be so like so constant, which is, I mean, that's why it's such an exciting space to practice in. Absolutely, I just absolutely love hearing what what you're doing uh, doing down there in in Canberra, Catherine. You're always so generous with your knowledge too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I just wanted to, uh, I I personally think. You know, personal stories can be a very powerful tool. And look, I confess, a very long time ago, my password was ABC123. I'm very embarrassed <laughs> to admit this. This is before I, you know, became involved in privacy. Ages um, ago. Ages ago. Um, do, you, do you have any personal stories that you can share or just a tip for at home or work for how our listeners could make privacy a priority? Well, I recently heard about the most terrible phishing scam um, that I think serves as yet another important reminder of, I suppose, the perils of shopping online um, and also the importance of really making sure that you're sort of, you know, critically thinking about what information you're being asked to provide when you do shop online. Um, This story involves a, a person who purchased a a 2015 Toyota Camry online um, from Tasmania um, for $5,000, which I think was probably the first red flag. The the scammers in this case were able to get this person's um, passport, driver licence, credit card details, bank details, um, and they also managed to secure the $5,000 all before this poor individual had the opportunity to, you know, mention to somebody around her that 
this was all occurring. So, you know, scans these days, they're so sophisticated. Um, they're getting more and more advanced by the minute. Um, their ability to um, impersonate, you know, government officials or, you know, official um, vendors of these products is is quite remarkable. So I think we all need to be hyper aware when it comes yeah. to shopping online. Yeah, that's a good that's a good tip for for someone like myself who does love a bit of shopping online. And I think oh, that's yes, of that's the thing is that these scams are quite sophisticated. It's like mm. I, I got some WhatsApp messages the other day, and it was um, it said, "It's Dave Newman. Um, give me an urgent call." Dave Newman's our, our CEO, and <laughs> <laughs> I knew immediately uh, it was a it was a scam, but. I could easily, if you got a text message or, you know, WhatsApp message from your CEO, call me urgently and you weren't really thinking about it, mm. um, you know, of course, that, that's what uh, the scammers sort of work on is that sense of urgency. Uh, Catherine, Catherine, do you have a, a quick tip for us? Um, it's not so much a personal story, but it is personally in that it was a member of my team who related the story recently that she went to um, – her gym and was uh, asked to do a, a full body scan at the gym. And she, having recently joined the privacy team, asked to see, you know, the collection notice about what uh, what would be happening with her information. And upon reading that, she said, look, I'm actually happy to do the scan, but I don't want you recording my information. So I'm happy for you to do the, do the scan and tell me the results, but I don't want you to record it in your systems. Um, which I thought was really good. It was really showed that she was actually taking that um, extra step of being aware of there is information about me that will be stored and, and that taking the time to find out what would be done with that information before you actually just say, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I was very proud of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great tip. And I think it is, as consumers, we need to be, we, we need to be aware. And it's always good to challenge it. What, why, do you, um, yeah. why do you need that? Where, where, where is it going to go? Mm, mm, mm. That's a, that's a great tip. And, look, I think that might be all we've got time for. Um, I have absolutely loved talking to you both and I hope our listeners have gotten inspired to make privacy a priority. Um, if you want to hear more about privacy, then I highly recommend that you check out Catherine's podcast, Privacy in Public. If you've got any questions, you can head over to the Maddox website where you can get in touch with myself, Catherine or Harriet. Thanks very much for listening and don't forget to rate, review or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the Mic. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, maddox.com.au.